1: So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at USBank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply, member FDIC.
0: Welcome to the Real Man Whip Podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. I'm joined by my co-host as usual, Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. What's going on, dude? How you doing? Doing all right. How about yourself, Liz? I'm all right. I got some shit to complain about. I think I can't remember what it is. You know, it's like, I always am sort of annoyed by something and if it's not on um, the edge of my mind, I just forget what it is, but I still have that feeling of annoyance and then if the feeling of annoyance goes away. I have to rack my brain to figure out where it is. Like, what is it? What, what am I annoyed about again? And I have to like go through it until I find it. Which compounds the annoyance. Well, um, I'm sure. Yeah. It doesn't compound it. It just, it's like, if it's not there, something's wrong. To me, the idea that everything's fine with the world is is a delusion, clearly not fine like people out there feel like things aren't normal right now, like things aren 't quite right, and i 'm not really sure what it is like you 're correct if you think things aren 't normal, if you think something's not right if you if you wonder every day how this is sustainable every single day how you wake up and there's still restaurants serving food and people working there and people taking their commutes back and forth and it hasn't all gone to hell. If that surprises you every single day that it's still there, you are correct.
1: <laughs> it's an excellent way of uh, living your life and waking up every morning and <laughs> dreading, dreading the, uh, the day. So did you, uh, did you have a good Halloween?
0: I, I don't have a Halloween. So basically, first of all, I'm in a foreign country. And second of all, Sasha and Heather went away last night. There is a little bit of Halloween here, but it's not a serious thing. And Sasha and Heather went away last night. Cause Sasha's off for school this week, not because of Halloween, because of some random holiday. I think Portugal has like half the days or holidays in the year. So they went up the coast to meet a friend of theirs and went out in the countryside.
1: Nice, yeah. I don't know if you saw, it, but I sent you a video. We, uh, my wife and I, pulled the old Jimmy Kimmel trick and told our daughter that we ate all our candy the night before, and uh, she she cried, proceeded to cry for a minute, and we videotaped it, and we're uh, we're can- early candidates for Parents of the Year. It's okay, Halloween's just
0: 364 days away. Sadistic, man, it's very sadistic, it's very mean-spirited. The, the most I do with that is whenever we go to the ice cream shop, and this joke is probably super old for Sasha, but it never gets old for me, is they have to hand it over the counter and she can't reach, so they hand it to me, and I pretend to grab it and start eating it, and then I hand it to her. <laughs> and she used to scream when I, when I did it, and now she just looks at me kind of annoyed because she knows exactly what's going on.
1: Nice, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so we uh, we have a – I kind of have an in. Cousin Sal's in our League of Leagues, um, which I'll talk about here in a minute. But uh, I, I already forwarded him the video, and he, he said he'll throw it in the pile. So who knows? Maybe Chloe will become a star and be on, be on Jimmy Kimmel soon. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, go, either wait, way –
0: You're going to go full John A. Ramsey with this situation?
1: <laughs> no, I think this is about as far as that is. Real man, <laughs> real man goes full John A. Ramsey. Yeah. Calm well, down. I mean, Calm. When I mean
0: full, I mean the whole the whole nine.
1: Yeah, not. Oh (laughs) oh man. All right. Okay. This is going in a different direction. Is that that from
0: your neck of the woods, by the way, like right where you're from?
1: No, no. We have plenty of people. We have a Gary Condit here, Scott Peterson, but uh, I I don't believe John Bonita Ramsey was, was the central Valley, California. Uh, I don't believe it's disappointing. Yeah, it really is. But um, anyway, so we got that going on. And uh, last week you, you totally screwed us in the super contest. We just finished two and three. Um uh, let's back that up because <laughs> I warned you. I know
0: you're be, I know you're joking, but I warned you, I said, I'm not comfortable with the Jets. It was too the line was too weird. And you assured me that that was fine, that it was no big deal. You took them. That cost us big. And you and, and what else happened? In the end of last week's podcast, we chose yep. the Saints. Yep. And then I emailed you afterwards. This obviously didn't show up in the podcast, and I said, No, we gotta switch it we got to take the Vikings. And thank God I did that, because had I not done that, we'd have been 1-4 and, and pretty much, you know, knocked out. I mean, not knocked out. We'd be 500 then. We're a game over 500. We'd be a game under 500. Yeah. Thank okay. God I did that. I rescued us. I saved us.
1: A couple things. Uh, I don't feel uh, I'm getting the proper. Uh, I, I will get there. I'll get there. John Benet Ramsey was in Boulder, Colorado. Just just if I okay. looked that up. But uh, um, the uh, this is true. I can confirm. I wish you were uh, bsing, but you did email almost immediately after the podcast, switched to the Vikings, which did not look great right away. I woke up at 6:30 a.m. my time. Immediate turnover by um case keenum and then a touchdown run by crowell and ugly first half but they they cut but in a way that made you look even better things went wrong and they still although the browns what they missed a couple field goals they they were ugly too but anyway they covered and the jets who, who i went to bat for i mean come on man they they speaking of missed field goals they had two of them they muffed a punt at the 10 yard line inside five minutes left and what's even more frustrating is that line moved to six points. So right. they would have still covered, but we were locked in at four and a half in the super contest. So yeah, I admit it. Uh, I guess I'll take heat for that, but I mean, man, it sure felt like the right side for 95% of that game. But so it goes also last week, uh, aside from our, our picks, I had a Washington in a teaser and the other two legs of the, of the three team teaser hit. And I had eight and a half points. Uh, and to refresh your memory... I
0: know exactly were- what happened. I know exactly what happened. I, I actually thought about that when it happened. I was like, oh, that screwed somebody. There's somebody yeah, who teased that game. Me. I'm so happy it was you, because I, didn't, I knew hypothetically there's people in America who are degenerate who teased... First of all, you don't tease games unless you're a total degenerate. And second, that particular game... And that's that's horrible though. That's a horrible way to lose. How much money? Yeah, was it?
1: eight and a half, and he throws a pick six with ten seconds left. And, and the other thing was, it wasn't even like a desperation pick six. It was on first and ten. And he was trying to dump it off to uh, Chris Thompson. It was like extra frustrating. It was de- it's like, come on, man. They were just trying to get garbage yards. That Dallas guy. I mean, nine, I don't. Know say. I'd say half the time the defender just falls down. Then you know, because yep. that's the game. But really, really irritating. How much money was it? How much did it cost you? Uh, I think it was like a one. Uh, a little over a hundred bucks. yeah, but I'll, speaking of money though, I mean, yeah, I know I know I it's do coming it here. I, I mean, it's going on. The Astros, four thousand dollars if they win the World Series. You realize that my long shot bet last year were the Indians. They had a three to one uh. lead in the World Series and lost. And now the Astros are three to two. I'm one win away yet again. And it's great. You know, I post it and I brag, look at, look at my foresight and, you know, 4,000, but it doesn't matter if they don't actually win it. So, well, so it's pretty frustrating. You had a good I would chance. say
0: you had a good chance to hedge when they were up three, two, you know what I mean? You could have made a long shot bet on the Dodgers. It yeah. would have made a lot more sense, but you're not smart enough to do something like that. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, at worst, I'm breaking even. I bet before the, this the series, and I, and I will say it's made this uh, an already fantastic series even more so. You know, with it such on the line for me. I mean, that game five. I don't know if you watched it, but no exaggeration, it's the craziest baseball game I've ever seen. I mean, down 4-0 with Kershaw on the mound, then tied at four, then down 7-4, then tied at seven, entering the ninth up 12-9, and then they go to extra innings. I mean, just just crazy. The the Dodgers were 101 when Kershaw got four runs of of support in in, in his career, 101. Yeah. uh, But let me say something about this. Like I I get, I didn't, I slept through it, but I was, I checked my Twitter
0: and by the way, I want to say something about Twitter, but I checked my Twitter and I saw people going crazy and I was like, ah, it seems like a good game. And I went through the box score and all that. But I'm thinking if Kershaw and Keuchel are getting absolutely destroyed and everyone's like, oh, the baseballs are different in the postseason. The baseballs were already juiced in the regular season. Yeah. And it's like, you know, what the fuck is this? You know, it's like this ridiculous game where nothing is anything. There's no truth to anybody anymore. Like if Kershaw's up four, it it should be over. He should be untouchable. But for some reason they can just destroy him, destroy Keichel. I don't know, man. It's just bizarre. And then what's other, also bizarre is that like Verlander deals, you know, like the next game, there's no run scored, but it's it just, it's just very bizarre that, that there should be different baseballs and this, every, every ball is flying out of the park. It's, it's, I guess it's cool i mean people seem to be loving it so that's i guess that's the barometer of whether it's working it, but don't, don't you want like some sort of semblance of well it's kershaw so unless kershaw has a bad game or pitch is terrible he's going to be almost
1: impossible to hit it is extremely weird and uh speaking of cousin sal he has a gambling podcast and i and i highly recommend his one last week when he had lenny dykstra on i mean just first of all Dykstra's is just super entertaining in general but he tells a story Well, 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 earlier in the story, he says that basically he hired private investigators, spent a half million dollars on hiring private investigators to dig up dirt on umpires when he used to play. He said he couldn't stand uh, brown-nosing them, so he went the different route, and that word spread. And he said, it, it wasn't a coincidence that he led the league in walks the following <laughs> two years after he started doing that. And, and but my point is he, he, he does, he just goes like that. The fact that the baseballs are juiced this, this, you know, this year and shattered the home run record. He just says that like, matter of factly, like, of course they are like, like, give me a break. Like, like he's just like, he's just laughing at anyone to even question that. And, and he, uh, I, I don't know. So I, I tend to actually disbelieve it, it, I, again, I, I recommend the listen, but yeah, even in the world series, they're claiming that they're even tighter and there's some crazy stats. Like, it's the first time in 34 games, you Darvish didn't produce a swing and miss on a slider. It's the first slider. Kenley Jansen gave up a home run on right. all is season. This, I this mean, it's going on.
0: Yeah. And, and to me, it kind of delegitimizes it. I mean, you know, let's say you're watching the basketball finals between the, the Cavs and the Warriors and suddenly they got to play with a volleyball. You know, it's kind of like, well, <laughs> someone's going to win with the volleyball, but you're going to be like, yeah, LeBron just doesn't shoot threes. It's all right though. He's been dunking more this series. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? You know, I, I don't know. I had people are so excited about it, but there's something a little off putting. No, it. I,
1: I actually really agree with you. I was really caught up in the moment, but even during then, if you see Puig's Homer, yeah. in the ninth, he, like he did it with one, one arm. I mean, he just like reached out. It looked like a check swing almost. And then it flies out of left. I know it's a short porch in left field there, but you know, the other crazy thing about that uh, high you know, 13 to 12 game is the Houston played as the number one pitchers park in baseball this season. Number one. I mean, yeah. and so, and the ball is just flying out of there. Like it's yeah. peak cool.
0: And it's, so, cal- and, it, I, and it's, it's October, November, you know, this is not like August where it's super hot yeah. either. This is just baseball has got to have more consistency so so that's one issue. The other thing that's funny is when you when you hear like Dijkstra say this stuff and you think well is a totally discredited didn't he get irret- didn't he go to jail or something like that? But the truth is that like guys like Dykstra and Canseco, Jose Canseco are the only two dudes telling the truth because they don't have anything they have to lose. Not, lose. Yeah. yeah exactly. They don't give a fuck. Everyone else is such a suck up. You know, they want to be like considered honorable, you know, the Joe Tories of the world. Those people. You know, the guys that are like Mr. Player Emeritus of this organization that's the representative and gets extra money for this speaking engagement and that bullshit award or that honor just it's all this glad handling and bullshit that goes on in all these sports for these you know esteemed ambassadors of the game and the guys who were disgraced like jose canseco and dykstra they just say whatever the fuck they want so canseco was just spilling the dirt about the roids because he everyone else is like keeping quiet you know they're part of the the secret brotherhood and canseco already got expelled from that so what does he care but it turned out what canseco wrote in his book was totally true
1: Exactly. And I totally, uh, the same is with Dykstra, like just listen to him and I, I, I promise you, you'll, you'll, you'll just believe it yeah. like flat out. believe I, I, it. So. Sure.
0: I, I don't doubt it. And it's, it's just funny how
1: that's the case, you know? Yeah. So what were you going to say about Twitter? I, I don't think I have too much for you. Oh, one real quick thing is league of leagues. I'm so frustrated. I went over how we have a really good team right? and, um, just a bunch of our guys just really, really shit the bed. I mean, we got, um, I, I mean, cousins a trade for doesn't do well. Oh, cousins uh, cooks, a piece of shit. Cooks. Cooks Hogan didn't do well. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, AJ Green scored a touchdown, but a great matchup didn't do well. Uh, I guess Mark Ingram did. But anyway, my, my point was I was working the lines even more, like trying to trade the rest of our fab in basketball and fi- adding one final piece. I, I was trying to get uh, Brad uh, Evans and, and Brandon Funston's team. Uh, I was trying to get Zach Ertz. And they said, no, we might keep him. Cause they're like one in seven, they're like wow. out of it. Right. So I'm like, and then they're in it in basketball. So, so then I'm like, okay, Jimmy Graham. And I gave him offered him all the fab we have left in basketball. And he kind of acted like he was, he was going to do it and would get back to me. But like it was Saturday night and I, I emailed him, I texted him. And I guess he got busy or whatever. And it didn't, didn't get back yeah. to me. He had nothing to, again. He had nothing to lose. He, and, and we lost by two points. And obviously the difference between Graham would have, would have been the difference. So it's pretty frustrating.
0: That's really annoying. Oh, well, well, so we're three and five now.
1: Yeah, it, we're going to pretty much have to win
0: out. All right. I think we can just, you know, until we get to three and six or four and six, let's keep keep at it. Okay. So, there'll be a lot of people okay. quitting, so there's only going to be like seven or eight teams competing anyway, so it's not going to be as hard as it would be. And there's going right, to be a lot of still, like uh, bye weeks, you know, that you can just win. The problem is that other people are going to have bye weeks, too, <laughs>
1: against crappy teams, but we'll see. And one other thing, well, and again, we're, we're pretty loaded. I mean, we have Aaron Jones coming back now after the bye. One thing I thought about, though, why, why part of our strategy might – one fact we didn't consider is we went all in in basketball because we thought it was the most predictable. But one area in which this might be trouble, it, when I realized it, is it since it's the third and last sport in this League of Leagues – think of the loaded teams that we're gonna have to contend with of the teams that traded their baseball and traded football just to load up on the final sport. That's one little aspect that I kind of didn't realize, but we're still complete. We're like still in second place in basketball without Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul playing yet. So yeah, I think we have a very good team, but I, I forgot about that aspect.
0: Yeah. And though basketball, the guys are so impactful. So, I mean, if you get a guy who's good, he's worth so much more than any other sports. You know? yeah, so especially- I, I I still think it's worth, going heavy on basketball i mean baseball this year it's like you could have just not drafted any baseball guys and just picked up a whole bunch of guys off the wire and football is always like that it's more so than ever this year so i wouldn't i think
1: i think our strategy is still right i I hear you on that it does it does change things a little bit but our boogie pick though man he's been just an absolute monster i don't know how much you're following hoops but he's just been out of control yeah he's rocks as long as he's healthy and doesn't get suspended for anything he's he's good
0: okay so two things i want to talk about the zeke elliott case The one thing I was going to say about Twitter is just that Twitter's like you know the web launched and AOL was like everyone was on AOL and it was like this walled garden where you (laughs) you just access the web from AOL like it would be like AOL Sports and then you'd like check out the sports scores or AOL whatever Mm -hmm. I don't don't really remember it that well. Twitter is like that for me. I mean, obviously, Twitter takes you outside of Twitter, but I pretty much just look at my email, Twitter, Rotowire. I check the price of Bitcoin. I just Google it every day. It's now up to like 6,600. It's crazy. I just, you know, I'm like, Twitter is like sort of the the basis for my web, you know, how I start the web. Now I'm a little nervous because Twitter and Facebook, Google, they're all like very corrupt companies. Google and Facebook are the worst and they're really doing damage, which I can't get into all that, but you should Google like the hearings that are happening in Congress with Facebook and Google. They're, they're really horrible. I mean, Facebook, everybody should just quit Facebook. I mean, it's just an entire, it's a horrible thing. You should not post on Facebook. You should just leave your account idle because it's such a piece of shit, but I'm not going to get too much into that. I was just noticing how like over time twitter has become my
1: sort of gateway to the web yeah no twitter's a great great medium Um, of course yeah no but yeah so it's your gateway but like if you see you you then you click links you find interesting right and then you go read those okay gotcha but it's it's
0: where i get those links start there and go from there and i follow a lot of like people like in politics and finance and Mm -hmm. journalism and you know, all sorts of shit. And I I get really interesting stuff. In fact, like the sports guys are like the lamest and and most dull. And I mute like half of them. Like, I don't even know what half the people in the industry are doing. I'm sure I post things. Everybody's already posted already because I don't see it because I don't see any of their stuff. (laughs) So there's plenty of guys I do follow. And of course I mute you. I don't have any idea what you're saying. I want to talk about the Zeke Elliott case. So not really from the whole beginning, but as of this week, Basically, there's a suspension that the NFL ruled. The arbitrator, the NFL's arbitrator, Harold Henderson, upheld the NFL's six-game suspension. And then they went to court, and they finally had it heard, and the judge said no. And then they asked for a stay of that for this week while they're appealing, and that judge said no. So then they appealed the, the rejection of their injunction to the court above, them, the Court of Appeals, the Second Circuit... And then they also appealed the stay, the rejection of the stay, meaning while the Court of Appeals is considering this, if they can't get it done before week nine, can we stay the suspension for week nine? So I think there's still a chance that Zeke plays. But I want to take it back a step and talk about what actually happened in that case, which is that do you know that the judge, her husband, works for a law firm, Proskauer, or something or other, that represented the NFL during the collective bargaining?
1: Yeah, I saw that on Pro Football Talk. Why, how is that not a conflict of interest? I mean, it's, I know you passed the bar. I mean, you, you know this far more than me, so you tell me. Her husband's a partner, so whatever money that firm generates
0: from the NFL's bill, from the billings of the NFL obviously benefits her, her husband and benefits her. So it seems like an obvious conflict of interest. But even if she could argue that well, she wasn't influenced by that and her husband works in some dull-ass area of law that has nothing to do with the NFL, just the appearance of conflict is, 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 is itself a problem. You can't just... Take the case when when the public and everybody thinks, dude, you have a conflict. You can't the, that it's the appearance of improprieties itself. Right. The
1: appearance, yeah, it's bad is, enough. Is
0: right. itself improper, and and if you read the the actual arguments she made, it was awful. Like so, there were three things that the NFL Players Association and Zeke Elliott had to establish in order to have this injunction to stop the suspension. For the first one, she said, well, you know, we're we're kind of loath to overturn an arbitrator's rulings because you guys bargained for having an arbitrator decide it, and so for a court to come in and say, you can't get what you bargained for, we don't like to do that. And then she said, even if it was unfair, we can't overturn it. Second thing she says is, but it actually wasn't unfair, because the arbitrator had no power to call Roger Goodell to testify, basically testify why he didn't consult his lead investigator, who recommended against suspending Zeke, and why he didn't bring the lead investigator into the hearing with the arbitrator. She never got to voice her views. So... She says, well, you know, it's not unfair because the fact that he didn't call Goodell, didn't let them call Goodell or make them call to Goodell, and the fact that he didn't let Zeke's, accuse, make Zeke's accuser testify at the arbitration hearing, he doesn't have the power to do that. He's not a, he's not a judge. He doesn't have – he can't subpoena them. He can't make them testify. And it's like, well, so she's arguing basically that it's not unfair because he didn't have the power to do it, and even though he didn't have the power to do it, i.e., give Zeke a fair hearing – she doesn't want to mess with the proceedings cuz we don't like to mess with it that was her argument and that's a weak argument but at least like legally she might have been on solid ground and she should have just ended there but she kept going and then she actually tried to argue that zeke would not suffer irreparable harm because it's just monetary damages you know for how much money his career could get from if it turns out he's innocent and that how much money exactly would be if he made the Pro Bowl this year, or whatever is speculative because it depends on his teammates, blocking for him and all these things. And then she further argued that it's the NFL that could be irreparably harmed because if you don't honor the collective bargaining between the parties, then you know, what do they even bargain for in the first place? So basically, if you don't let the NFL act like a total autocracy where they get their way through the terrible collective bargaining agreement, then that's irreparably harmful to the NFL. So she made some really weak arguments, and she really overstepped, and no court has held that an athlete in his prime losing time, even if he's innocent, is not irreparable harm. She's the first to argue that. So then when you take that really weak argument that really overreached, and then you realize that she has a conflict, together that's really sketchy.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, what happens next? I mean, it's just giving me a headache just trying to follow all this. I mean, it's just... So what happens it's next a, it's is, is... extremely the, unclear. So, okay.
0: So what happens next is that was the district court of New York, the Southern District of New York. And so that's sort of the trial court level of the federal court system. So that gets appealed to the Second Circuit. Okay, there's nine appeals courts around the country, and then above them is the Supreme Court of the U.S. So this particular appeals court, the Second Circuit, governs that court. So Zeke and the NFLPA are going to the Second Circuit now and saying, she fucked up. She's saying, one, we want you to stay the, inju- the suspension while you're reviewing it. And two, we want you to overturn her rejection of our injunction. It gets confusing because it's like, wait, in rejection of the injunction, the stay of this? Basically, it's just the NFL suspended him. The arbitrator upheld the suspension. It was going to start, but they got a temporary restraining order against it. And now that they finally got to this court, they, they tried to get an injunction that would stop the suspension for the whole year, and the judge rejected it and now they're appealing it
1: Does that make sense right so what's your prediction i mean so i mean my so what, what? my
0: prediction is there's like 15 20% chance zeke plays this week at least because the second circuit could stay the suspension while they're deciding if it takes longer or they could rule in his favor either one
1: interesting yeah well, it's, it's going to be a huge deciding factor in fantasy leagues, I'll tell you that much. I mean, do you, do you realize how ridiculous he's been other than the game against Denver? Oh. I mean, his season's pace is like 2,400 yards and 23 touchdowns. No, it's he's, been, he's The last couple of weeks, he's been
0: easily the best fantasy player. The, the, the reason why people think he, he's going to get suspended is because this is the same court, the second circuit that upheld the Brady suspension based on... Look, the arbitrator's right. rules binding, even if it's unfair. That's what you guys bargain for. Is let the arbitrator handle it. If you want to take it to the courts to make a decision? Then you got to get rid of that provision that sends it to an arbitrator. But I think there's a good case to say that shit was a kangaroo court. He wasn't even able to call witnesses, and you know, and the judge that decided that it was legit is the one is got a conflict.
1: Right. What are your thoughts uh, about this trade deadline? It's interesting to see. Uh, I know you don't like to talk about too much fantasy impact and all that, sh- all that stuff. But pretty, uh, pretty. It's a nice change. Usually, it's so boring in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I don't, I don't think any of this stuff is earth shattering from a fantasy perspective because Garoppolo. Not going to play this week. In a one QB leg, he's basically irrelevant. But it's really smart of the Niners to do this because they can audition him for half the year or six games or however many games they want to give him. And they can either have their quarterback of the future, they paid a pretty heavy price, a second-round pick, or they can realize that he sucks and go get a a draft pick. The Browns are idiots. They tried to trade for A.J. McCarron. Apparently, Hugh Jackson wanted to, but the moronic front office did not. Right. that's a great trade. Like, get a guy for half a year. If you're not happy with any of the guys in their current roster, which they're obviously not, get a guy for half a year who can audition, and maybe you get lucky, and he's the guy. Nobody knows with quarterbacks. Nobody knew Deshaun Watson would be this good. The, the Bears took Trubisky ahead of him. Nobody knows how a guy. They fucking started Tom Savage ahead of him in week one. Like, they don't know. So, you know, you, you get half a year like Watson's had, and we're like, wow, well they have their quarterback for the next 10 years probably.
1: Although the rest, yeah, is- you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up as a 49ers fan. I mean, uh, I guess it might take a while for Shanahan's system and the offensive line. Hopefully doesn't kill him in the meantime, but uh, I, I first to be skeptical saying, you know, Belichick giving up a guy like, you know, I wouldn't want to hear that, but it, it just became clear that they couldn't keep both him being a free agent and Brady just seemingly never slowing down. So it just became, clear that that it was just not feasible for new England to keep him. So we'll see, you know, learning under the best tutelage and, and seemingly all that practice reps would be, have him readier than say a rookie coming out of uh, college. So I'm excited for, for at least, yeah, exactly though. Who knows, but might as well take a gamble here. Yeah. He could be a franchise. guy. Yeah.
0: He's 20, he's 26 years old. He can't just sit there waiting for Brady to retire. I mean, he's going to waste his whole career. So yeah, you know, the Patriots, they're not monsters. It is, it is funny though, that Steve Young, Joe Montana, the Niners, jettisoned Montana. He'd been hurt for a couple years, and Young was awesome. But they jettisoned Montana, the all-time great legend at the time, the greatest of all time at the time, and stuck Mm -hmm. with Steve Young. You know, the Packers, Favre had been a little bit on the decline, but they jettisoned him and stuck with and went with Rodgers. And the Patriots, the team known for the most ruthless cutting of any veteran, that's not worth it. Sticks with forty-year-old Tom Brady. And gets rid of their you know quarterback of the future, the guy that everyone was praising so much in training camp. So
1: whom they spent a lot of time you know developing yeah. too. I mean,
0: yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's you know obviously the situations are all different, and the Niners obviously had to go with Young, and the, and the Packers were smart to go with Rodgers. And it was obvious to me, but Favre had a great year in Minnesota. It wasn't like he was done; he was still really good. And a lot of people were pissed about it, and Favre was pissed about it. It wasn't like that much of a no brainer. And the Patriots, it's funny because I was, I was saying that I don't think Bill Belichick could have gotten rid of Brady. Even if in his heart of hearts he was like, you know what, this is the time to get rid of him, trade him for a first-round pick, and and go with Garoppolo and retool and save the salary and all that. Even if he thought that, I don't think he would be
1: allowed to get rid of him, just given like the, the, the fallout in Boston if that happened. Yeah, no, that, would, yeah that would have been definitely... Uh, uh. Uh, something to see if that were to happen. Yeah, Favre took the Vikings, oh, I believe it was overtime, in the NFC championship game. I mean, yeah, he threw that bad pick across his body, but yeah, he he clearly did. I mean, in Montana, w- he was winning playoff games in Kansas City, so those guys weren't like totally done. No, I mean, so, no, but you know. Rogers and Young, it was like, those guys turned out to be so good. It might be the two best quarterbacks of all time. I mean, yeah. you look at the but but yeah, um, yeah exactly. th- combining YPA and their legs and all yeah. that, I mean, they really are pretty pretty awesome. All right, let's go, let's go to these games, man. Okay.
0: Thursday night game bills, minus three jets. Who'd you take in this?
1: I took the bills. I know that uh, I'm with you. Usually I default to the home team on these short weeks and and the jets are uh, definitely a a solid team, but I'm, I'm kind of buying Buffalo. They have like four straight games with at least three turnovers. I know that that's often not predictive, but at some point it's like, I don't know, the secondary just keeps making these plays. So uh, I, I like Tyrod Taylor. Uh, McCoy has these massive home road splits for whatever that is Last dating back to last year but I, I, think it's, I think Buffalo's the better team and they're not giving the extra hook so, so I, I gave the points maybe it's sucker play but I took the Bills what about you?
0: I took the Jets I didn't feel strongly but Thursday home games I just feel I should have done it last week I don't know what I was thinking taking Miami last week I had a horrible week last week I went 3-10 believe it or not mm. but two of the ones we got right I got right were actually in, the, in our five right. picks I don't know the Bills to me aren't that great you know, they, they don't really have a receiver yet. I don't think Benjamin's playing yet. the jets, uh, have been decent throwing the ball. Robbie Anderson looks legit. Yeah. And, he um, I think they'll keep it close. I think three at home is too much in this game. So,
1: okay. I mean, basically bottom line, that's the right. Spread.
0: We're, we're not taking it. Yeah. We're not using yeah. this game. All right. Broncos plus eight at Eagles. Who'd you like here?
1: Well, I, I submitted my or at least I uh, mentally submitted my picks and staff picks before the quarterback decision was made. I I Simeon made some awful, awful turnovers and he didn't run when he clearly could have for the first down uh, on Monday night. But he he also had some bad drops. I mean, he should have two touchdown passes and the defense is still good. I reluctantly took the points here. Cause who's going to take Denver at this point? So I, I, I get that Philadelphia might just destroy them, but um, I, I held my nose and took the Broncos. I took the points too. a uh, Denver's defense. I mean, I was pissed in that chiefs game. Denver outplayed them. There's that
0: one strip of Jamal Charles was run back for a yeah. touchdown. There was a cross right. the body pick by Simeon. There was a muffed kick. I mean, it was just so many garbage things that happened, but Chiefs could not run. Kareem Hunt could not get anything going. The only guy no. who did anything was Kelsey. Receivers couldn't get anything done. Broncos' defense is really good, and I think they're going to give the Eagles a lot of trouble. And yeah, I, 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 as bad as Simeon was, when I saw Osweiler, I was like, oh, that's
1: even worse. I think it is worse and they're switching to him. I actually do think, it, it, yeah, be careful when you say can it can't get much worse. Sometimes it can. And their one area of weakness on defense seemingly is the tight end. And obviously Ertz could, could have a nice game, but yeah, their defense remains so good. So just don't turn the ball over. I think they can keep this close enough. I mean, eight and a half points is this suggested that the Eagles would be favored in Denver by nearly a field goal. I mean, that's, that's pretty big. Yeah, no, I, I, t- I took
0: Denver, too. Um, all right, I'm not thinking we should use that with Osweiler, yeah. but, you know, that's that's taking it too far, using it with Osweiler. Yeah. I, I put a poll up on Twitter. Who would you rather have as your quarterback, Trevor Simeon or a random Simeon? And the random Simeon won 86-14, to 14, and that was before the game. That was even before that Monday night <laughs> game started.
1: I saw the poll, but I didn't see the result. Yeah. That's funny that that was yeah. before the yeah. Well, I'd be closer to 100%, probably. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, now I'd be 100. All right.
0: Rams minus three and a half at the Giants. Who do you have here?
1: Well, oh, I took the Giants, and uh, man, Orleans Dark is so cheap in DFS. The Rams get gashed by the run. So I think, you know, it's the extra half point is just kind of begging me to take the Giants. I'll actually be at this game. I told you that event was canceled. All right. A couple of weeks ago, but I'm flying to uh, Newark and going to this game and I'm setting up a booth with Scott Pianowski. Mike we will be taking fantasy questions. Not sure how it's going to work in the middle of a game uh, with the lineups already set, but uh, they're paying for my trip. So I'll be there. Never been to MetLife Stadium. So uh, so uh, hopefully I at least see a, a decent game. But I'm taking the points, which I imagine. If I had to guess, I'd say you agree with me. I do agree with you. I, 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 this is of the hard ones for me. I went
0: back and forth. You know, my brain was like, the Rams are just going to go in. Janoris Jenkins got suspended. Uh, he, didn't, yeah. he, didn't, he just simply didn't show up after the bye. It wasn't this one I can't even blame on McAdoo. It's like he just didn't give notice, didn't show up to practice. I mean, McAdoo's an idiot. The, the team's not very good, but the, the rest of the signs are fine. They're practicing. The other players are on board. They're showing up for the game. The Rams got to go cross country for an early body clock game against a team that it's not bad defensively. I mean, losing Jenkins hurts, but, Dominic Rogers, Cromartie's back. It's I I, I'll take the points. I I think three and And at least
1: Shepard's back. I mean, I don't like to overrate receivers, but they were so depleted, you know, I mean, at least Shepard and in Ingram, I mean, they're not just total wasteland at least. So I, I I don't know. Rams will probably win by a field goal or something. The
0: The Rams are good, but they're not great. And going on the road against a team, that's not totally a doormat. I don't think the giants are, you know, like the Colts or the Niners yet. It's yeah. not it's not like a cakewalk. That's you know, usually pretty hard. All right. Yeah. Buccaneers plus seven at Saints. I took the Bucs, man. I, I, you know, the Saints are good, but they're like a run first and defense team. They're not like a lighted up team. And the Bucs have been horrible. But, you know, Winston Evans, Deshaun Jackson, they can keep up if they need to. So I took the points. What would you do?
1: I laid the points. Um, I don't love it. I don't know. I guess Winston is going to play with a banged up shoulder. Um, well, this Saints started 0 0-
0: You know, I mean, yeah. if it's him, it's not that big a difference. Yeah.
1: They started 0-2 and they've won five straight. And they just, I mean, last week they should have covered, if not for Ingram losing two fumbles. I mean, I know that happened, but their defense plays well. I, man, I'm just buying into the Saints. And the Bucs are weird. They can throw for three touchdowns in Buffalo and then look terrible in a in a game against a depleted and at that Panthers, uh, bucks game, um, boy, our, our guy, Stopa loved the over on that. I'll, i leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up uh, 17 to three. I, I didn't see that coming, but I, I, I laid the point. Who's the It was the worst handicapper. You were Stopa. Well, I, I, I take the crown right now. I mean, <laughs> my worst uh, year of my career in, in stat picks and I've been doing it now with you guys for 10 a decade. So right now I've, I've had a poor year. Yeah. I, I admit. But but I didn't lay as much money on this last game we're speaking of as our as our buddy did. I'll, I'll, I'll say mean, that. I mean Stoba
0: horrible, right? Let's just acknowledge that. Right? He's like one of the worst, isn't he?
1: <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he got the staff picks on time the last couple of weeks. He's been setting it in Tuesday night because I got oh, so pissed at him when he was making me like chase him down and text him and email him because he was late getting the picks in. All right, uh, so I, I took the Bucks. You took the Saints. Bengals plus four and a half at
1: Jaguars. Where'd you go here? I'm just buying into the Jacksonville defense and man, that Cincinnati, I guess I shouldn't overrate recency bias, but they just were life and death at home against the Colts. Did you watch that game? They're yeah. So, oh yeah. So
0: weak. The Bengals. I mean, I, I picked, you know, we had them in the contest last week and it's like, really? I mean, you need a defensive touchdown to beat the Colts at home. That's just embarrassing. It was just, Joe
1: Mixon. Joe Mixon 1.6 yards per carry. And that yeah. offensive line is just a joke. Mixon's getting caught from behind on the screen pass when he's wide open. I, it was space. Uh, it was AJ it was Green
0: gets like 40 yards receiving.
1: Yeah, you know, in a game against the Colts, I mean it's just pathetic. I mean it's just an embarrassment. I mean Jags are on pace to set the NFL record in sacks against that offensive line. Uh, maybe that's just too sim- simplified. But uh, I, I, I don't. I, I'd imagine I've never given more than four, four points with Jacksonville in, in, in maybe ever. But I'm going to this week. What about you? I took the Jaguars. I,
0: I did want to take the Bengals as like a contrarian thing. The same way right. I felt about the Falcons. Like I was like, like this line was like, what is four and a half? Shouldn't it be like seven, seven and a half? But it was the same thing I felt about the Falcons last week. I was like, what? They're laying four and a half on the road. So I, I have a bad feeling about
1: it, but I did take the Jaguars. That that sums it up for me as well. Okay.
0: Falcons plus one at Panthers. This was again with the Falcons. I did a double take. I mean, why isn't this three? I know. <laughs> it just sort of like. These are not, you know, these are even teams. That you think the Falcons are better than the Panthers? If anything, the Panthers are better, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree. No, Panthers, this was an easy, I mean, doesn't mean it's going to be right, but this is one of those I didn't have to think long about. I'm, I'm, right. it, unless I should have totally thought the other, wa- other way and been like, this is so smelly, then maybe you do go contrarian. But of course, of course, state Carolina, right? Yeah.
0: Hold on, Sasha. You can't climb on me right now. I'm doing this podcast. You can sit and listen if you want.
1: Hold on. You want to say hi to Dalton? No. Hi, Sasha. Oh, she, she gave me this flat out Heisman. <laughs> she, she gave no. me the Heisman. Come on. <laughs> Sasha.
0: She just, I haven't seen her in like a day or so. I can, I guess i have to edit this part out. Nah, I don't need to edit.
1: Yeah. No, need do you to want go. to use
0: Carolina? Um, I got to, uh, good night Sasha. Yeah, I would use them, but I do feel a little bit, let's just hold off. Let's just mark okay. it as a possibility. Okay. Um, okay. So Colts plus 13 at Texans. I took the Colts, man. I, you know, I, this is just the Colts suck, but like they seem to try. And Watson is so awesome. I mean, I, I can't, I can't overemphasize how crazy it is that a rookie went for four hundred passing and fifty rushing, which is, nobody's ever done in any game in NFL history, except Deshaun Watson, and he did it as a rookie in Seattle. That is just you cannot. There's, there's no way to exaggerate the craziness of that. It is the craziest thing of all time. It is like there's no quarterback that's ever done that in any game and he did it in the hardest game when he's had the least experience so it's just amazing but i just got to take 13 points against a weak defense they're gonna i feel like they're off you know such an emotional game going there i i want the points
1: yeah i'm with you here totally uh not not just a rookie quarterback with watson by the way but one making just his sixth career start. So like in the beginning of his rookie seat, relatively early in his rookie season. So just highly impressive, Qu- quite clearly the number one fantasy quarterback. And given where he went in ADP, he's probably the fantasy MVP just out of control. So, so impressive. So I, where do you take I, Watson, um,
0: overall? Like if where do
1: you, I, I ranked him overall, where do you, where do you take him? I mean, I'm still a weight on quarterback guy, but I mean, you probably you have, you, him? If,
0: okay. So here's the thing. If you take, I have him at 10 overall, yeah. And, and okay. You not... say, okay, well, no, no, no. I'd rather have Mike Evans at 10. Oh, really? You'd rather have Mike Evans and Deshaun Watson? Yeah, none of these
1: guys are any good. Yeah and, none, and, yeah.
0: and then you're like, not only are AJ Green and Julio Jones and Mike Evans garbage. Okay. First yeah. off. <laughs> but secondly, oh no, there's no point in taking Cousins at 10. I'll just get Kirk Cousins in like the eighth round. I'll just get Andy Dalton in like the 12th round. I'll just get Philip Rivers or Eli Manning or Roethlisberger later. Stafford. Those guys are all garbage. You think, oh, it's just fine. I'm going to get, 30, I'm going to get 31 touchdowns and 4,600 yards from Stafford. No, you're not. You're not going to get that from any of those guys. Those guys are going to be at, like, barely 4,000 or 4,200 and, like,
1: 27 touchdowns. They're not going to touch where Watson's going, what he's doing. Oh, I mean, it's just the perfect setup, too. The fact he runs, uh, the fact their defense is so banged up. Uh, Lamar Miller is not a game breaker at, you know, at his own running back and they have Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins in their primes. I mean, they're all right. 25 or under, I mean, this is just the sickest setup. So I was going to say late first round, even with my caveat about quarterbacks. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I would attend, no.
0: but I can even move them up. I mean, it just really, there's like DeAndre Hopkins and Antonio Brown, those two receivers obviously. And then there's like, you know, the four nets and Gurley's and Zeke Elliott, if he's not suspended and Le'Veon Bell that's about it. You know, there's Hunt, a,
1: McCoy, Hunt, and McCoy and
0: McCoy and McCoy and Kareem Hunt and McCoy, but that's yep. it. Right. There's like a that's bunch it. of running backs. There's two receivers and there's Deshaun Watson. That's it. There's yep. nothing. And it's just, it's just it, the way the NFL going with how much they spread it around. And there's no more target monsters anymore. They don't force feed these guys. It's just get the quarterback. It's just such a bizarre yep. thing to say the, I it mean, the, the odds of Deshaun Watson before the season wasn't starting. OK, on his own team with a great defense, <laughs> wasn't starting on his own team with a great defense. And the people were like, oh, his arm strength, his velocity was really bad at the combine. Yeah. But the odds that he that you and I, by week eight, not even like week 10, week eight, right after week eight, would be saying this guy's a top 10 overall player, not quarterback. Are, I mean, just think about that before the season. But if I'd said halfway through the season, you and I are going to be doing this podcast, and I'm going to say that this quarterback right now, who's a rookie, who's not even starting, is going to be in the top 10 overall players. Think about that.
1: Yeah, astronomical. I mean, it's just just so, so crazy. I wonder how much that was, Bill O'Brien or management that started Savage. I, I, O'Brien better blame the upper, uh, up above, because that's just absurd if he watched it's, all the practice. It's and beyond absurd. There's only one way to describe There's only one
0: way to describe it. Not absurd barbaric that they barbaric. were savage.
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway I saw I, I didn't read much Twitter last week but the one thing I came across in my timeline was a debate with you and t- our, our good friend uh, Ted Bell about he, you know he was on Houston and and obviously we use Seattle in a super contest so uh, ultimately I well, guess it was he was right. right what a game his game of the year is what it was
0: well but he was so right because it was just a question of whether Seattle won it wasn't ever a question of whether it would cover you know right. so it wasn't even close so he was definitely correct
1: yeah, people. I hear people being like, "Oh, this isn't Seattle's, you know, vintage defense." While that may be true, let's not uh, forget that they entered this game with by far the lowest yards per attempt allowed, and and they were at home where they were only allowed one passing TD this season. So no, I mean, no, no,
0: no that, that's not a good argument. They they were, yeah, tied for first overall in overall defense. Historically, they've been so good yeah. against the pass. They're at home, and. You know now they're like six point six YPA, but it got destroyed by this game. <laughs> exactly. yeah. So you can't look at it after the fact. Now, I,
1: I all that said though, I'm with I'm with you on Indy here though. It's a that's a huge spread and kind of selling high on Houston and, and, and their defense isn't great. And and Indy fought you know in Cincy, they haven't given up. So I'm with you there in this in this game though.
0: Okay, Ravens plus five and a half at Titans. I I, I might use this one. The more I think about it, the Ravens suck. Like I can't watch them. Their their they're pass passing game is really. One of the worst I've ever seen, but uh, they run the ball. Well, they play defense and the Titans last we saw them were life and death with the Browns. I think the Titans probably win this game, but I just don't see them pulling away.
1: Yep. I took Baltimore. I mean, Alex Collins, what a revelation. I mean, he leads the NFL in yards per carry. It's not just a small sample because do you know that he has the most carries of 15 plus yards in the NFL. He has 10 of them already. So, I mean, it's not just like, Oh, he's getting great yards per carry, but the sample is so small. I mean, he's ripping off long runs on a bad team. Yeah, you know who could really use him is the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, don't worry. They have Eddie Lacy, though.
0: They Lacy. have Eddie Lacy. Well, Eddie Lacy actually outrushed uh, Thomas Rawls last week. He had six carries for zero, and Thomas Rawls had six <laughs> carries for negative one. So by so. getting zero, he outrushed Thomas Rawls.
1: Yeah. All right, I'll mark down the Ravens. I'm down. Okay.
0: Now, to me, that one just seems yeah. that they'll hang around. All right, Cardinals minus two at the Niners. I mean, this is... Cardinals Langwood on the road with Drew Stanton as their QB. Okay, that's that's insane. But C.J. Beathard, who – C.J. Beathard is arguably the worst QB in the league. Like, I I think he's the worst. Brian Hoyer is like Joe Montana compared to C.J. Beathard. Garoppolo is not going to start yet. So I still think the Niners, though. I just think getting points at home against Drew Stanton, I just couldn't turn it down.
1: Yeah, so as I say every week, I've been right on the Niners so much this year. And again, I implored you last week to take the Eagles, and uh, and, and you didn't. So uh, this is the week I'm going to be wrong because I'm okay with using this pick in the Super Contest. But I'm uh, going back to the Niners here. Um, Arizona— I mean, maybe their defense will just flat out win it, but you say Bethard might be the worst quarterback starting right now, but I'd counter that with Drew Stanton. Have you seen his numbers? I mean, they're like the last three years when he's been in action, we're talking like 4.5 YPA, not like low sixes or something. It's just been total disaster. Now the Niners are missing guys even more so on Jimmy Ward got hurt on, on defense, but they, they, even though they, you know, lost last week, uh, ultimately by a wide margin, they, they showed up, they sacked Wentz three times on the road and they constant pressure. They're, they're still trying at least. So give me the home team here. And, uh, this is probably the week I'll be wrong, but I, I agree with you. Why is Arizona the favorite here?
0: It should be like Arizona pick em or minus, I mean, or plus two and a half or something like that. I picked up the Arizona, the Niners defense in Stopa. Stop using their defense against Stanton and the Cardinals, who take a lot of sacks also. My hope is that Garoppolo comes in, in the sec- comes in in the second That's <laughs> so the other thing is like because there's really no reason if Bethard's killing him in the first half, not to pull him
1: yeah, I, I wouldn't count on that happening with the buy coming, but uh, that would be that would be interesting. All right.
0: Redskins plus seven at Seahawks. I was sold on the Seahawks initially, but Earl Thomas is probably out Earl Thomas is like Troy Polamalu or Ed Reed. He's one of those all time safeties. One of those safeties that the whole defense changes. The Steelers one year were like unbeatable on defense and then Polamalu got hurt and their D was terrible. And then he came back and they were great again. It was like, that's how valuable he was. And I'm worried that Earl Thomas is like that. But even so the Redskins offensive line is so banged up and it was a real problem against Dallas. And now they're good in Seattle they don't trust any of their wide outs. So they've got to get all the production from Chris Thompson and they don't even have Jordan Reed healthy. It's just, I, am I, going to lay the wood. Jordan Reed. Just what a joke, man. Yeah, it's just, I mean, he makes Tyler, Tyler Eifert though. I was going to say he makes Tyler Eifert look yeah. healthy, but Tyler Eifert's
1: out for the year already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wrong, wrong comparison, but it's, he's still pretty bad. But yeah, and I'm with you at the Seahawks and I'm also with you. The Earl Thomas news kind of came out after I yeah, settled into this locked in. So, so I'm not as confident. He really is one of the true difference makers at a position often thought as uh, fungible, but anyway, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm still laying the points with Seattle. Okay. Chiefs pick him at Cowboys. Um, I really went back and forth on this.
0: I wanted to take the chiefs because if Peter shadows, Bryant and Zeke is out, the Cowboys just don't really have good players on offense. And also the chiefs kicker Harrison Butker, it's like, he can't yeah, play so Monday night and none of them was there. were there any doubt one was 51 yards they were right down the middle every single one and the Cowboys kicker is Mike Nugent so I just thought the Chiefs match up well against them but then I thought about it some more and I just thought you know both of these teams are going to go up and down the field it's in Dallas and I will take Dallas
1: yeah, I like Dallas here. I, I hear everything you're saying, uh, but traveling on a short week, obviously, no Zeke Elliott does matter. I mean, I know running back, speaking of fungible positions, but with special players, uh, that that definitely matters some, and I expect to bounce back from Hunt and, and maybe some big plays by Kelsey, but Peters is maybe more of a name this year than actual production on the field. I don't think his metrics have been that elite, so I, I just am a believer in Dallas. You look at Dak Prescott's recent uh, three four games, he's been Fantastic. So, so give me the home team in which I think they're arguably, you know, there's such a kind of a wide open field right now. I think Dallas is as good a shot as any team in the NFC to, to win the conference. I wouldn't go that far, but I, I did take Dallas.
0: I don't think the Chiefs are that good. They're way up on the turnover giveaway, give takeaway.
1: Take they're also yeah. way up on yards per carry and YAPA allowed. That's what I mean. So their defense
0: isn't especially good. And if you, if you could stop cream hunt the way the Broncos did, they don't, they just, it's just Kelsey. Cause their receivers aren't very good. Tyree kill is like a, he's a gadget guy. He's not, he's not a serious receiver. All right. Raiders minus three at dolphins. I like the dolphins. They got so annihilated last week, but they're home and getting points. They had 10 days off. The Gates was so enraged at their performance that he dealt one of their best players, but I just think uh, they're going to handle the Raiders at home.
1: Yeah. You know, they're the anti Niners, even though they're, you know, both Bay area teams, um, I get the Raiders wrong every right. week and I have them this week. So you'll probably be right. So yeah, we'll Raiders, see. I, okay. I don't know why they just can't use Cooper more. I mean, they're just dink and dunk last week with Carr. It was just so frustrating to watch. they still turn the ball over like three, four times with all the underneath stuff. So I don't know. I, I whatever. I don't feel strongly about this. I mean, if, if you want to use Miami, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even go against it. Yeah. The, the
0: Carr is so average. Like he had this great touchdown to interception ratio, even though his YPA was really average. And we thought, well, maybe he's really good. He makes all these scrappy plays. Right. I think the Raiders just had a really good offensive line in the past. Mm-hmm. And it just, he was just in hitters counts. And it's just really easy. When quarterbacks have good conditions around them, they're usually good. And even when good quarterbacks have bad conditions, they look bad. Right. And I just think he was a, he's a mediocre quarterback who had good conditions around him. And this year they're not quite as good. And he's getting exposed. Yeah, no, no argument here. Okay. Lions minus two and a half at Packers. I went the sucker side. I took the Lions. I just can't. I just can't with the Packers. I don't, you know, it's like, okay, so let's say Brett Hundley plays a little better. All right, that's possible. Aaron Jones is good. He'll be able to run. But it's not like Green Bay's defense is anything special. Stafford's mediocre, but he'll be able to light up the Packers defense. I'd just rather have the the passing team than the running team in a game that's, you know, pretty close to 50-50
1: yeah that's fine I, I took green bay i figured you know the bye week maybe hunley will be a little bit better and i felt like no one would want to take green bay here just because of the whole no rogers it seems like that'd be the de facto side to go against them and at home in primetime monday night lambo i went green bay but i don't don't feel great about it and sometimes the sucker side is the way to be so i, I wouldn't argue there but i went green bay all right so you want to pick our five yeah. It doesn't sound like we have too many obvious ones. So we're locked in the Ravens and pretty much four question marks. Uh, do you want to go? So the ones I marked were Panthers, Niners, and Cowboys. Uh, what are your thoughts? All right. Let's do Niners
0: and yeah. Ravens. Yeah. You want to go Colts? I think it'd be kind of bad. Yeah. Loss. Yeah. 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 Let's do Colts. Okay, let's do Colts. Ravens, Colts, Niners. Kay. And then Panthers makes me a little nervous. You want to do Seahawks, even though they're missing Earl Thomas?
1: Yeah, let's do that. I mean, we were on him last week. Yeah, that Washington. Yes, let's do it. Okay, so that's four.
0: And I'm I'm starting to, like, not really believe in Kirk Cousins either. I'm starting to think he's a fraud. And if you really want to go outside the box, we could do the Giants.
1: Yeah, I'll be there.
0: Let's do it. All right, done. All right, I feel good about these because these are, I don't know what it is. These feel like more professional than
1: our, you know. Yeah, last week we took four favorites and and pretty big spreads, too. It did seem kind of like a donkey, donkey picks. But, yeah, these, these feel a little bit sharper. All right.
0: All right. So let's say all five of them. We're going with the Giants, Colts, Ravens, Niners, and we're going with the Seahawks. Four dogs
1: and a favorite. Yep. All right. That's good. Good to go. All right, let's do this. Cool, man. All right, right, man. Take it easy. Good times.